Hi, this is Danielle, author of Tales of a Disneyland cast member and former Disneyland Resort cast member, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 34 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. Today we get to the second and final segment of my interview with Lee Cockrell, the former Executive Vice President of Operations for the Walt Disney World Resort. I hope you enjoyed Part 1 and are looking forward to Part 2 this week. In this episode, Lee talks about the biggest challenge he faced while working for Disney, the most valuable thing that Disney does, at least in the parks and resorts. His first book, Creating Magic, 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney, and what it makes it different from other leadership books. Why this book is for you, whether you consider yourself a leader or not. His second book, which just came out in March, The Customer Rules, The 39 Essential Rules for Delivering Sensational Service. Why the first rule is what it is. What he loved most about what he did. The most satisfying job he can think of. And here's a hint, it's not one that's working for Disney. At least not exactly. How he deals with tough questions, what inspires him, and his advice to you for following your dreams. After we talked about that, I thought of a question I should have asked earlier, so we went back and talked about his career goals, or lack thereof, throughout his working life. And then finally, where you can find him and his books online. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www. Talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey day. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. While you were working for the Walt Disney Company, either Euro Disney or um, Walt Disney World, what was the biggest challenge or challenges that you faced while you were there? Well, the first challenge was coming in as the new guy in charge. That was a lot of people weren't very happy to see me there. A lot of you know, anytime you get promoted, you come in from the outside. Everybody thinks they should have got the job, not you. So I had to work through that, and prove myself. Uh, 
I think learning the business, Disney's very complex. I didn't even know what they were talking about half the time, all the words they use and slang and uh, even <laughs> finding my way to the parks. I was lost for like a half a year. And, mm-hmm. and uh, just any, just the newness and, you know, that stress, My I thought I had personal stress of working for such a company that's so loved by the whole world and, and uh, making sure that uh, just uh, getting up to speed on all of that takes time. And so it was pretty intimidating at first for me. And uh, you just got to hang in there and keep learning. And that's what I did. And after a while, I, as Al Weiss told me, he said he wanted everybody in the company to think I'd been with Disney for 35 years. He said, don't ever talk about Marriott. Don't talk about Hilton. Don't talk about anything. Just talk about Disney. And I think that was great advice. And I ran into people who told me they worked with me back in the 70s, and I wasn't even there in the 70s. So, <laughs> and I Very think, convincing. You know, I think that's right. Nobody wants to hear about, you know, what you used to do. They're proud of Disney. They don't want to hear about Marriott or Hilton or, you know. And I, that was the best advice I ever got. Come in and look after Disney. So, that, was, that is great advice. Yeah. Um, and while you were there at Disney, or even looking back on it now, uh, what would you say is the most valuable or important thing that the Walt Disney Company does or offers? Well, I think, you know, in the parks and resorts for, I can't really speak, I am not don't know the movie business and television, ABC and all that, but I think in the parks and resorts certainly is uh, the way we treat the cast members. I will tell you, a lady told me the other day she's never interviewed a Disney cast member that used to work at Disney and didn't say it was a great place to work. Mm-hmm. And, and not that everybody's happy every day. They're not happy with their manager sometimes or their schedule. Or, but overall, on balance, uh, there's a lot of respect and professionalism about how we teach. And I think also a lot of cast members end up really appreciating the experience they had. And it helps them later on in their careers when they go for an interview and it says Disney on their resume. And uh, so that's pretty cool, and uh, and uh, just it's it's at the top of the game, you know. If you're going to be in the entertainment and hospitality business, you can't find a better spot, and you really learn a lot. I mean, just what I learned there versus what I I thought I knew everything until I got to Disney, and uh, <laughs> found out there's a lot of different ways to think about the way you execute your job. So that was great. Yeah, um, I actually just not too long ago interviewed. A woman who used to work the backlot tour at uh, at the time it was Disney MGM Studios. Yeah. And now she is a um, associate producer for Discovery, National Geographic, that kind of thing. And she said that working for Disney was uh, probably the most significant thing that has set her apart from the rest of the crowd Um, and not just seeing it on her resume, but the things that she learned about, uh, you know, going the extra mile and customer service and discipline and, you know, all of these things that are taught to the cast members that they then uh, live out for the guests all ended up being part of what has made her a good associate producer. Um, And she attributes the vast majority of you know, what she's been able to do to her time working in the college program and doing that. I hear that all the time. 
I mean, that is not an unusual comment. People, I'll meet them anywhere in the world, and they'll tell me they did the college program or they worked at Disney and how what an impact it had on their career and how, and their own standards, how they see cleanliness now, how they see friendliness, how they see courtesy, how they see professionalism, all those things, that, which is that's quite a lesson to learn. So, And it does serve people well no matter where they end up going. Absolutely. Now, people who don't have the opportunity to work at Disney uh, in the parks or in any of the aspects for one reason or another, you know, some might be like, well, you know, I'm not here to get these strategies and things. And so that's why you go around and do your speaking and everything. And it's also, it sounds like kind of the genesis of your books. Um, and your first one that I had mentioned in the intro, Creating Magic, uh, 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney. That's actually one of the very first, if not the first, Disney books that I bought and read <laughs> that applied lessons and principles from Disney to the non-Disney world. You know, like I'd read biographies of Walt and I'd read uh, you know, Mouse Tales and all that. But as far as something that took Disney principles and applied them to the non-Disney world. Yeah. That was, I think, the first one. And it was one of the inspirations for me in writing my own books. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was. It, uh, In fact, what I try to do when I write both books was uh, not only tell you kind of what to do, but try to give you an idea how to do it. Here's how you can execute this in your own business. And uh, so often many books just kind of talk about what they do, but they don't talk about how. How do I do this? And uh, so that's what people want to learn. How, not just what. What doesn't help you if you don't know how. Exactly. But, you know, yeah, it's like a cake. There's a cake, but how did you bake it? Give me the recipe. How do I put it together? And uh, that's what both books have done well at the uh, kind of the end of each chapter. It says, here's how you do it. Here's yeah. The, those action steps at the end of each chapter yeah. is probably one of my favorite things yeah. about the, one of the most valuable. Yeah. You know, those are the recipe part of making the cake. Everything else is the ingredients. Exactly. And, like, here's what you do, or you know, here's what you need to do it, and then the action steps are now. Here's how yeah. you do it. Good. So, actually, that actually creating magic's in 13 languages now. A Russian publisher okay. just bought it. Another publisher down in southern India just bought it. So we're up to 13 now. So it's been great. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My first book is still in one, and I'm working on my second one. But that's okay. It's got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> well, exactly. And most people don't ever do anything. So you're way ahead of the game. <laughs> that's true. You know? And in fact, um, the purpose of this interview isn't to talk about my book, but it, I think it's kind of interesting and uh, you know, serendipitous, maybe, that actually the first one that I wrote is uh, a time management book applying. Uh, principles or uh, kind of illustrations from Disneyland to uh, time management principles. Oh, good for you. So we were talking about time management earlier and that being kind of one of your main topics. I thought, well, that's a, very interesting that that also happened to be the first thing that I covered. Yeah. So, but again, we're not here to talk about mine. We're here oh. to talk about yours. So, <laughs> um, for people who maybe haven't had a chance to uh, pick up Creating Magic, can you kind of give us sort of a, a synopsis of it, a little bit more detail than, than the overview that we just did a couple minutes ago? Well, you know, it starts out with first first strategy is called Remember Everyone's Important. And it really is a whole strategy about how to make sure that everybody in your organization matters and they know they matter. 
and ways to do that, include them and listen to them and understand their aspirations and ask their opinion and involve them and all of those kinds of things. Certainly, if I tell people, if you get that one right, just about everything in your life works out fine when you show respect for all people. Uh, second, you know, next one's about how to hire better, whole chapter on how to hire people. So third one's about how to train better and to really be an expert at training. One's on systems, uh, policies, procedures, operating guidelines that you put the right ones in place so you don't hassle your customers and your employees. So their uh, uh, policies are friendly to the customer, not annoying. Uh, one on professionalism uh, and, and uh, really one on... Uh, being uh, understanding the business of the business, knowing how to make money in your business, how it makes money, so you can be a supporter of the business and understanding what your costs are. And, and uh, so relationships, how important relationships are, having good relationships with people and uh, keeping in touch and uh, helping people do, do things for people before you ask them to do something for you. And then, so just some really good, a lot of a good, I think, common sense, as we put in the book, common sense. If you do these things, you're going to have a more successful life. If you don't do them, you're going to have a less successful life. And, uh, and there are actually things we can do. And I think that's hopefully that's why people read the book and they understand, oh, I can do that. Because these are not hard things. They're just things we got to remember every morning when we get up to do them all day long. Be available for your people. Be available. Help people. Uh, give good advice. Uh, you know, everybody needs a little help sometimes. Be there for them. If you can help them, help them. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. That, that culture matters to create a culture where you live the, you live that culture. Yeah. Right. Now, would you say that this book is a book for people who aren't leaders as well? Or would you even say that everyone is a leader? Absolutely. You know, who are the leaders in the world? Mothers. Mm-hmm. are the best leaders in my opinion uh, somebody in the neighborhood it doesn't even work but she always organizes things keeps an eye on the kids uh, does the cleanup organizes things it's for everybody and I tell you uh, children I have a lot of high school students reading it understanding what leadership really is that it's not a position it's a it's an attitude, it's doing the right thing, it's stepping up. I always talk about leaders. Leader is the person when you have an accident out on the road, that's the person that stops and helps you while a hundred cars go by. The leader stops. Mm -hmm. Kids bullying other kids on the playground, one kid puts a stop to it. That's the leader. You know, leadership is a different way to think about things. And uh, the the teacher that stays after school and helps you and gets you to make sure you're doing well. Or the nurse that goes all the way to be in your room more often and take care of you and make you feel better. I mean, you know, uh, we all have that ability, but we don't often uh, actually believe it. And we don't understand that each one of us is capable of stepping up and doing the right thing. And that's why I think the book is good for people, uh, college students. uh, We have a lot of leadership failures in this country. And people don't believe in leadership because we have so many people not doing a good job in our Congress and our government and business executives and rulers around the world, the way they treat people and try to control people. And so this is a big deal. And probably if you can get this right, you're going to have a more successful life. Yeah. And a lot of the people uh, who are in positions of authority or positions of leadership aren't necessarily leaders or at least not good ones um, because they don't have that mindset and and that approach. Exactly. They underestimate their influence. Mm -hmm. 
and you should never do that. Definitely. Now, you also have a second book, which I believe just came out March of this year. Yeah, just that came out March 5th yeah, here okay. and March 12th over in the UK. I was over there to promote it. The Customer Rules. It's called Customer Rules, the 39 Essential Rules for Delivering Sensational Service. That's a great title. I like the <laughs> – you know, it sounds exciting. Yeah, there Sensational you go. service. I mean who doesn't want that and who in customer service doesn't want to deliver that? Some people will probably say, good grief, 39? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of ways to think about service. That's what we try to do with the book is get people to think. Mm-hmm. So that's – Yeah, all 39 may not work for, yeah. for you in your business, but 12 – might. Yeah, well, I tell people in my speech, I'm not telling you to do what Disney does. I'm just what I'm trying to do is get you to wake up tomorrow morning and think differently. What you do, what you can do in your business, because when you start thinking, and it's amazing what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, and unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to read this one yet, though I am looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so, of the 39, do you have any uh, of those uh, rules that? come up more often that you see uh, or ones that are your kind of your favorites of you know no matter what else you do do these three or four whatever well you know i when i was writing the book i asked my granddaughter who was 12 i said margo i'm writing a book called the customer rules what do you think is the most important rule in customer service you know what she said she said well pappy the first rules be nice you know kids Mm-hmm. And uh, we start out the book with that story about her, but then the first rule is customer service is not a department. It's a responsibility of every single person in the organization, everybody. Every single person has got to take care of the customer and think about the customer, and you've got to create that kind of culture. Uh, another favorite is one of the rules is uh, customer service follows the law of gravity. It starts with the leader. If the boss wants it and sets the right example and pushes it, like I did at Disney with the great leader stage and all that, it will happen. So the boss has got to – everybody's watching to see what the boss wants. Role modeling is so important. And then uh, there's a couple of chapters about uh, how to hire better and how to train better and, and uh, how to give customers a little something extra to really get them committed to your business. And uh, so it's got a lot of uh, – Again, common sense things that anybody could do, and it has each chapter has examples of companies who do it, or uh, examples of how you could do it in your own business, and some of the. So it's a, uh, it's an easy read. It's one of those books. It's the chapters are 39 chapters, but uh, only three or four pages per chapter. So you can kind of pick one you like and pick it up, read it, and get through a chapter in a few minutes, and then do another one later. It's and it's not complicated, but it's, uh, again, giving people ideas on here's what you could do. And uh, go back to your business, get all your people in a room, and think about it. What can we do? Right. Yeah. And when you're talking about customers, you're talking about uh, external and internal customers, right? Oh, absolutely. And some people, that is their customer. I was with Bank of America last week, and many of their customers are internal. You know, the people that are making sure that the IT is working uh, all the systems, uh, people who are making sure all the checks are cleared properly, they don't ever see a real live customer. They have internal customers. But what they do impacts the real customer down the line. If they make a mistake, don't do a good job, or not on top of their job, the computer system's down. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. 
Um, so yeah, I look forward to picking that book up, and I encourage anybody who deals with customers on, on even a semi-regular basis, and that's pretty much everybody. Yep. Uh, even if you're not in a company, if you uh, you know, are, I mean, if you're uh, an entrepreneur and you're, you're uh, you know a sole proprietor or something, then you know you deal with the customer all the time. But even if you're a student or a stay-at-home mom or something like that, you know, your customers are the people that you interact with on a daily basis that you're trying to help them accomplish something or you need them to do something for um, making the household operate properly or uh, you know, getting a, a group project done or whatever the case may be. Absolutely, and I tell you, I tell people all the time, if teachers thought more about the students being their customer – Instead of worrying about unions and all this stuff, we'd have better education. And when nurses start thinking about the patient, including them and everything, and thinking about the patient being their motherland in that bed, they start to do a better job. And uh, so we all can rethink. Sometimes we are the customer, and sometimes we have customers. Right. And I think sometimes people, especially if you tell them that, you know, you could do a better job, that, you know, if they didn't solicit that they might be a little bit defensive but it's like you know i like how you said that about you know for a nurse if it was your mother laying in the hospital bed how would you operate you know what would you do differently than you ordinarily do that puts it in a much more personal perspective it's like well can't we all do a better job than we already are you know isn't there some way that we can improve or tweak or streamline or something well, we can, and we just have to remind people of that because people get in their jobs and they get jaded, and they need to be reminded that what they do is important and really impacts other people's lives. And probably that's why they got into it in the first place, and they've just forgotten it. And they, right. they need to recommit themselves and go back and uh, be better tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Now, with all your time uh, working for the Walt Disney Company, what did you love most about what you did? I think, uh, you know, when I think back about the difference of being able to put together a program to help managers and leaders be a whole lot better than they might have been without more without structured uh, training, and uh, I think that that's the biggest satisfaction I got is when people would tell me that uh, they really appreciate what I taught them. You know, I, in fact, people ask me, what would you do if you... Uh, hadn't worked I said one of the most satisfying jobs I can think of is being a teacher and because uh, when you teach and in fact all leaders are teachers the good leaders are teachers the good parents are teachers and uh, so I think about it that way mm-hmm. that gives you a lot of satisfaction when you hear back from somebody saying thank you that really made a difference yeah. good okay is there any question that you never get asked that you wish that people would ask you know, I often tell people in my speeches before I start, I said, ask me any questions because I like to see if I can answer the hardest question you can come up with because <laughs> leaders have to answer hard, tough questions. And, uh, and no, I don't really. I mean, I think I've had been asked almost every single one of them. I don't get nervous about any question because there's it, there's always that answer I, I don't really know. Or, But I think uh, getting asked hard questions is great because it makes you think about what you believe in, and one thing leaders need to do is to be clear, lead out loud, speak up, tell people what your position is on whatever it is, uh, and so many leaders don't. you got to talk about it proactively. 
how you feel about all kinds of social issues today. People want to know. And uh, so, I do, yeah, that's how I think about it. I, I don't, I'm not really worried about and I even invite people. I don't care. If you don't want to ask it, write it down, pass it up on a piece of paper. I just want to see if I can answer it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been uh, any questions that stand out to you as particularly hard questions that you've been asked? Well, it depends on the time frame you're in. You know, back in the uh, – when I was at Disney originally, back in the early 90s, there was the whole issue about a gay day at Walt Disney World and how Disney was handling it. Uh, gay uh, rights, uh, uh, benefits. Uh, uh, I, you get asked issues about the different uh, religion is, religious issues. Uh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And those are most sensitive when you get into those. But I, uh, uh, I'm not. Uh, I was happy to answer those kinds of questions. And and you never know what the next one's going to be. You know, because uh, as society changes, things become more to a point today talking about the gay day and gay issues at disney that's not even an issue that's nothing it's like young people wouldn't even know what you're talking about they would be shocked there was even an issue back in those days and uh and uh, so i think it's just be prepared to uh, uh remember everyone is important and if that's that how you feel you'll give the right answer <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so i mean i hear that all the time People say, well, how do you feel about Muslims or Jewish people or Christians or this? I said, listen, even on my Facebook page, it says under religion, it says, remember, everyone is important. <laughs> that's my religion. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how you have to be. I mean, you can't, we don't, leaders, we don't need to go around judging people for their religion or their sexual orientation or their level of education or their disability or their, just focus on performance. Mm -hmm. performance is what we're here for we're not here to try to figure out if we agree with your religion or where you went to school or uh, you know what language you speak or don't speak and that's all a bunch of baloney that's none of our business just focus yeah. on performance yeah. that's what you need to do mm -hmm. you don't have to agree with somebody to lead them well or work well with them or in, in many cases to be their friend I mean I can't think of any friends I have that I agree with on every single issue completely but that doesn't mean that we're not friends no and, and, I, not and I tell people at work I'm really not interested in your personal opinion so keep it to yourself <laughs> I'm interested on do you take care of our guests <laughs> and I don't care what religion I, every one of them has a credit card that's all I'm interested in <laughs> Right. We're here to make money and to make people happy. We don't care where they're from or what they believe. Mm -hmm. That's their personal decision. That's not mine. Right. What inspires you? Oh, I think same old stuff. Just trying to get somebody to appreciate anything you can teach them or show them. Uh, helping people, frankly. And I kind of made a decision when I retired. Somebody wants to talk to me like you today or somebody wants to see me or they want my advice that I'll be available. And that inspires me. First, that anybody cares about my opinion. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> nice. And then to do it. It's a lot of fun to help people because they will remember that. And, uh, and I know somebody helped, many people helped me along the way. And we need to be available. So that's, that's how I think about it. Yeah. Being available and helping people is so important. Absolutely. And if you can help somebody down the road they write you back 10 years later and say thanks for that advice you gave me back then it really helped and here's where I am today that's great that's fabulous yeah absolutely
I mean, we all do it for our children, but we need to do it for more people because we have the influence and we may have the position and may have the knowledge that why not? Why not share it? Why not help somebody? Everybody's got a pretty tough life these days. If we can help make it a little brighter, why not? Why not do that? What's the big deal? Right. Yeah. And, you know, for most people in most cases, helping someone else at the very least makes you feel good. Absolutely. You know, and then that makes your life a little bit better. And I tell them, I'm just giving you advice. Don't blame me if your career doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get advice from several people, but here's mine. Here's how I would think about it. But don't, right. don't blame me 10 years from now that you didn't get what you wanted. Right. So, and in fact, on that subject, I know that there's someone listening to this interview uh, who has his own dreams. You know, it might be to work for Disney. Maybe it's to be an author or a paid speaker. Maybe it's something else entirely. Um, but what would you tell that person? Well, I think for anybody, you know, um, I, I just met with a lady this week who she's so intent on working for Disney. She has a big job. She makes a lot of money and she wants to come to Disney. And there's not really any jobs open for her in her line of work or at her salary level. And she, I told her, don't get so intent on just that one thing. There's there's life after Disney. There's life after Marriott. There's life after Hilton. There's life after IBM. But uh, don't get so crazed that you end up so unhappy because you didn't get exactly what you wanted. You can try. You can push. You can try. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of op opportunities, a lot of options in the world, and, and a lot of ways to go look at other opportunities and uh, I think uh, some of the things you got to do is get yourself prepared first you got to become an expert I tell people if you become an expert your odds go up of getting hired I mean you got to be better than everybody else and mm -hmm. really focus on that you got to have the best attitude of anybody positive can-do attitude reliability credibility set the example keep your promises I mean have a reputation for somebody that does what they say they're going to do and uh, then you'll be stick out like a sore thumb because most people don't. And so I think attitude and becoming a technical expert really improves your odds dramatically to get what you want. And to have patience. Sometimes it takes time. You know, I didn't have a great job for 15 years. I started as a banquet waiter. I was in the army. I worked my way up. I didn't make any money. I mean, but. Uh, have the patience to become really good at what you do and when you become an expert and you have this attitude and nothing can stop you you will you will get your break and uh, in my opinion mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are not experts they're not working hard to become an expert and they have a little problem with their attitude that, that look on their face when somebody asks them to do something hard. They don't want to stay late. They don't want to come out on Christmas Day. They don't want to, all, you know, you got to be committed. It's like having kids. You got to be committed. <laughs> <laughs> or you should be committed after you have them. But it's, uh, it's, it's a big uh, responsibility. And you got to re yeah. rethink about your ability to respond. Responsibility. Are you, are you going to be a responsible person? And great leaders are there when they have to be there. And it doesn't matter what time it is, and it doesn't matter what day it is. They're there, and they take care of business. And that's why people got to start to think. You can't just skim through life and hope things work out. You got to make them work out. And being a good expert and having a great attitude are the two best ways, in my opinion. Makes sense. That's really good advice. And, and you know, as you were mentioning something, took me back to something I probably should have asked earlier. But as you were doing all of those things and you're working as a banquet waiter and being in the army and, and all of those different things that you did pre 
uh, leadership roles or your pre-positional leadership roles, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, when you thought about, here's what I want to do with you know my career, with my life, was Disney even on the horizon for that? Or did you have a certain kind of target uh, you know, career goal or something in mind? Let me tell you what, I never had any career goals my whole life. I was so, so, I went in the army. I was a young, immature person, dropped out of college because I was not a good student, went in the army. And apparently I had a great attitude. I was put in charge of a platoon. Next thing I went to cook school. I, I graduated out of 300 cooks. I was number two. I was the best little cook they ever had because I followed the recipe cards. Went and got myself a job at Washington Hilton as a banquet waiter, and I was the best little waiter, reliable. When they told me to come in Saturday night, New Year's Eve, and New Year's morning, I just smiled and said, no problem. Next thing I know, I got in a management training program. Did that. Then I got promoted to management. I was shocked. I just kept – I never had one single goal. Al Weiss told me he had a 10-year goal, 15-year goal, 20 – I had no goal. My goal was to keep my job. And, uh, <laughs> and every time I did that and worked hard at it, I got promoted. And so – People are kind of shocked. I had no go. I'm, I was shocked at every job I was given. And uh, when, if you go back and ask my teachers that tell them Lee Cockrell ran Disney World operations, they would think, what? There's no way. <laughs> Somebody stole his identity. It couldn't be true. And uh, But it's you have a long life to get better. And just because you – I was very insecure. You know, I grew up on a little farm in Oklahoma. My mother was married five times. I've been adopted twice. I'm on my third name. I didn't graduate from college. I was insecure. I didn't believe in myself. And slowly but surely, as I had successes, uh, certainly Disney really was the turning point where I really had huge uh, uh, belief in myself by then and started doing better. But uh, insecurity uh, is tough. And it, I was very introverted. I was not a good public speaker. I had to, re to really overcome a lot of things. And so I really never had a goal. And I think I didn't have goals because I didn't want to be disappointed. So people, you know, there'd be a big job open at Marriott, director of food and beverage. And I'd say, oh, I would never take that job. I don't want that job. Right. Of course I wanted it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, I didn't want to get passed over and be disappointed or be embarrassed. And, and so insecurity is a big problem. And, um, but I was, and although my insecurity, I think made me work harder because <laughs> I was afraid I was going to get fired. So, uh, it just worked along and every job I kept getting promoted, promoted, promoted. And I was just amazed. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. It's unbelievable. And then I found out nobody knows what they're doing. So I was, in, a lot of people go around acting like they're a big deal and have big egos. but uh, So I had no go, and I know a lot of people do. And uh, It's just the way I handled uh, things, I, maybe because I was so insecure. I just didn't want that disappointment, and so I handled it in a little different way. Okay, interesting. Wow. But I would say to people, don't underestimate what you can do. Don't ever underestimate what you can do. It's an amazing thing in this country. You can do anything you put your mind to. I'm pretty much convinced at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can completely agree with you. Um, I think it's interesting that you and Al Weiss had such different approaches, but you ended up in, you know, not the same, but relatively similar leadership roles, yep. but took very different paths to get there and had very different strategies. Oh, yeah. Al had his undergraduate degree from UCF, his master's degree from Rollins in finance, and he was a CPA, and he's the smartest guy I've ever known, you know. And here I am just trying to figure out how to 
drop out of college. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed to work well for you. <laughs> it worked well, I, you know, but uh, I got some big breaks along the way. But I will tell you, it worked well because I'm pretty organized. And second, I have a good attitude. Attitude can carry you a long way. Mm-hmm. A long way. People, if you have a good attitude, people like working with you. A lot of people give you a big break. And they, and they want to help you be successful instead of work against you. If right. People don't like you. They're not going to help you get, be successful. If they like you and you're helpful to them, and people will help you. So always be nice, as Margot said. <laughs> right. That really is some of the best advice that you can get, I think. <laughs> so... Um, okay, last question. We've talked about your books, and so I want to give you a chance to uh, to promote those again. And you know, anything else that you want to mention, how people might be able to connect with you if they want to. Basically, this is what I've nicknamed shameless plug time. Okay, so. well, uh, I think the best way, if they want to know anything about me, or my, they can go to my website, which is www.leecockerl.com www.leecockerl.com and on there it talks about my books it talks about my blog which is free if they want it there's 500 posts on there about how to be a better manager better leader better customer service Uh, I have an app which gives daily advice on how to be a better manager and leader it's really cool it's got a magic wand on it when you shake it it gives you a random suggestion for the day sounds Uh, like fun I have my seminars on there. I have how to contact me. My phone number's on there. My email address is on there. People call me. I answer the phone. (laughs) So you won't get a phone tree. At 9 o'clock, I plug my phone in, leave it in a different room, go to bed. But uh, if I'm... People call me all the time, and they're shocked that I answer the phone. I said, the reason I answer it, I, that's how you book business. And uh, yeah. I answer it. I do deal with people, and, and so I'm easy to contact. Uh, no problem. Happy to hear from people, uh, whatever they need. And, uh, I t- as I tell them, they say, how do you have time to all do all this? I said, well, I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of time. I work a lot, and I'm off a lot, So, and I like to do this. It's fun. So that's the plug, I guess. Or if they want the books, they're on, you know, both of them. Creating Magic and the Customer Rules are both on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. They're in wherever bookstores are sold. A lot of airports. They're all over the place. So they're easy to find. I'll definitely I'll link to your website in the show notes for this episode and to the books, so that people can get them. And I strongly encourage people to pick both of those up and to check out your website. And there's even a couple of videos on there that. Uh, are really interesting and worthwhile. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Time. Videos, too. They can even hear me. And by the way, <laughs> both books, I read both books, so there's audio versions available for the people that like to listen to them versus read. And uh, Kindle, they can download it on their Kindle. It's all that stuff now. And, uh, yeah, so that's good. And I appreciate you doing the interview today. It's fun to talk about this, and hopefully uh, your listeners will find some value in it. I'm sure they will. I, I know I have, so... Yeah, yeah. If they did, that's great. Thank you very much for your time. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. And this is Amy Moyer. And we are the hosts of Take Him With You. The weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyer's home. And then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast. And we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music. And I like 
Star Trek kind and of. And heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. <laughs> <laughs> Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it? You can find it at TakeHimWithYou.com or iTunes. That's right, iTunes. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Lee Cockerell for being my guest, and to you for listening. I mentioned in last week's show that I'll be on vacation this coming week. I was going to try to have ready for you part one of an interview with a former Disneyland Jungle Cruise skipper for the Friday that I'm gone, but it's just not going to happen. I got the manuscript done for my upcoming book, due out later this year, which is very exciting, but it took time away from editing Stories of the Magic episodes. Instead, I'll work on it after I get back so I can have the next show out with no more than a one-week delay. Meanwhile, if you've worked for the Walt Disney Company in any capacity and you'd like to share a positive story, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY anytime, 24 hours a day. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, let me know and we'll talk. If you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience and had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic or had any special Disney experience you want to share, I'd love to hear from you, too. Email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. Those ratings help make the podcast more visible, so when people are looking for interesting story podcasts or Disney podcasts or a combination of those, they can find this show easier. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Please like the f- podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic. Finally, this episode has again been brought to you by Leaving Conformity Coaching. If you're looking for more passion, joy, and purpose in your life, let me help you break free of your limiting performance-based natural identity and embrace your supernatural kingdom identity. As I mentioned last week, I've just released a brand new free video series about that very thing. Please check it out at storiesofthemagic.com identity. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com, for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.